Music Industry Podcast, and I'm David Andrew Let's dig in. I'm with James Moore, CEO of Independent Music Promotions and author of Your Band is a Virus. He also wrote the foreword for my new book. And frankly, my book wouldn't be what it is if you hadn't stepped in and asked, is that it? So is there anything else you'd like to add to that introduction, James? <laughs> uh, no, that, that, is, that is perfect. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be able to talk to you. And we have gone back and forth on email over the years, I guess, ever since I was blogging with Toon City. So it's good to be able to finally have a, have a real chat. Before going any further, I want to let both you and the listener know that I'm going to be asking a lot of selfish, selfish questions today. So this is going to be a little different from the interviews I used to do. Might be kind of like listening in on a conversation at Starbucks or maybe even a mastermind call. That's the best way to do it? Yeah, I think so. So you certainly don't have to give me any numbers, but how well would you say your book has done over the last few years? You kind of mentioned earlier that it's almost served a bit more of a purpose of being a calling card than anything else, right? Yeah. Um, well, as far as, uh, as far as the sales themselves, um, you know, both digitally uh, through Amazon and uh, also through Amazon's create space uh, physically, mm-hmm. um, I don't have an exact number. It's, uh, it's likely close to 5,000 uh, sales. Mm. But, um, you know, I mean, over time, it's really become apparent to me that uh, the main benefit uh, of writing a book like that uh, is really the calling card purpose. You know, um, so many good people, good musicians have found me through reading an excerpt that I offered to you know a blog or reading a guest post that I wrote Um or reading the book, um, you know, some of them, some of them, you know, bought it off of Amazon and then uh, read it, say, a year ago, and then they just had it in their mind that they wanted to work with me. So they uh, kind of that helped their intention, you know, to sort of get everything done. And as, as the year progressed, they would they'd have their studio time and they do, do their mastering, get their graphic designer ready and uh then they then they approach me and and uh, it's really uh, it's really a good feeling um, and my favorite part of it uh, those kind of one and done endeavors is you know there can be a lot of procrastination involved and it can, it can be difficult for people to to finish whether it's an album or whether it's a book <laughs> or anything like that but once it's done it's permanent and uh, it can it can benefit you permanently so it's it's been great yeah. It's true. Yeah, it can be very much the same way with recording a CD or a book. You end up procrastinating or you just don't get around to putting the finishing touches on it and then it can sort of be a drawn out process. But you mentioned CreateSpace. You know, I was kind of dumb and I found out about CreateSpace later. So then I have a separate distributor for my ebook and for my paperback version or physical version of the book. Did you go about it? It's the same way as well, or are both uh, offered through CreateSpace? Um, I I had the initial uh, edition of Your Band as a Virus first, um, 
it wasn't until later that I discovered uh, CreateSpace. Mm. So by the time I released the um, the expanded version, the 2012 one, um, I I believe I released them both at the same time, and uh, CreateSpace is just linked to Amazon when you uh, when you publish digitally. Yeah. So um, yeah, ve- very simple. I mean, I, I think if if people knew how simple it was, more of us would would do it for sure. Exactly. Yeah, I think if you're going to be self-publishing some kind of book, then CreateSpace seems to be the way to go. And it's probably where all future releases I put out will probably go through. Yeah. What are some book promotion strategies that have worked well for you? Uh, my main... My main idea about promotion, uh, no matter the uh, the genre, is just to um, get in front of your audience somehow. So, you know, luckily, I, I mean, I was kind of surprised when I got into the music marketing and music promotion niche that it's actually quite small. Mm. Um, and it's, I mean, it's actually shocking how few searches there are for general terms like music promotion, music marketing, mm-hmm. which really makes me wonder how many musicians are actually digging in and, you know, um, interested in this stuff. But uh, no kidding. That also made it uh, easier for me to know who to reach out to. So um, Pretty much any you know music industry publication, music marketing publication, uh, podcasts like this one, um, anywhere that uh, that musicians are looking for information, for resources, for advice, I wanted to you know personally reach out to all those places that I could, um, you know, offering uh, usually offering exclusive content, uh, tends to be what they want. Uh, so whether that be an original guest post, um, you know, on, on aspects of marketing, uh, an interview, uh, maybe a exclusive excerpt, uh, from the book. Um, and you know, it, it was a really great community. Uh, I ended up just getting a lot of support, uh, you know, book reviews as well on, industry sites. And, um, you know, it was kind of a grueling process. I did that intensely for about three months and I, I still do it to this day, but, uh, you know, lesser, <laughs> but yeah. so, um, but the thing that I enjoyed about the process is once again, it, it helps you permanently, you know, every, hmm. every article, every guest post, you should never think, think that it's work because um, someone could see that three years from now um, and uh, and contact you. So it's great. Yeah, I have found that to be true. And with guest blogging, it's something I always enjoy doing. I just kind of go like, oh, right, I have my own blog too. So how do I (laughs) manage and fit it all in? Exactly. Yeah. And these, t- these days I am trying to leverage kind of more of my connections and kind of ask them if they'd be willing to share about their latest album release. I, I, sometimes I feel like the content they produce is, I don't want to say better, it's just a different perspective than what I might have to say on the subject. And uh, yeah. people, people enjoy almost that candid view into what an artist's process is. 
Yeah, I agree. And also interesting what you said about searches and keywords. You know, I was looking at Google Trends recently. So there's a couple of things that I found depressing. One being that, you know, music as a search term is kind of just dying, slowly dying off. Yeah. And and to be replaced by sort of some longer term keywords. I actually found out that on online music promotion is apparently a trending term right now. So it's it's interesting to see, but I think you're right. There may not necessarily be a ton of artists online reading and looking for things actively. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just like any area of life, there's there's different kinds of people. And, and you know, there's a lot of people who uh, don't really want to take the time to uh, learn how to do something. Uh, I don't know if properly is the right word, but, um, you know, they, they'd kind of they'd rather sort of shout from the rooftops of yeah. their social media profiles and just uh, think I mean, I, I can understand that because, you know, you, you put up a status saying, check out my band. Or if you uh, say spam, you know, a thousand Facebook groups, check out my band, check out my band. Then it's easy to sort of write it off in your mind and say, well, I did my part. And, and now <laughs> now pe- now it's up to the people. They just need to listen. And, and uh, but I don't know, I think it's really important to uh, sort of call yourself on your own your own uh lies you know (laughs) (laughs) no that's that's funny to me totally because sometimes the only promotion i do for a blog post is it automatically gets tweeted out and shared on facebook and tumblr and places like that i think it's you know it's it has to be some kind of gateway into the blog post or people never even want to check it out but sometimes you know you're I, i agree you know you're just as guilty of uh not I guess framing your promotion within a story or a message that will actually attract people to it. Yeah. Or, or even, um, you know, even do, doing, doing things in the right place and the right context is, is really important. Like, um, you know, a lot of artists reach out to individuals and companies, uh, uh, through their Facebook page and, uh, I had a clo- I had a close friend of mine tell me recently. This sounds a little off topic, but it's not. He um, he said, "Oh, I, I reached out to Bill Burr on his Facebook page, and and he never responded." So I told him, I said, uh, "And this is something a lot of artists don't know: um, never, ever, ever reach out to someone through their Facebook page." That may sound strange. Hmm. Uh, I'm talking about the uh, not the personal page, but the actual the profile page. Um, it may sound odd, but uh, over the last five years, and I know this is true for just about everyone else, uh, through the IMP Facebook page, I would say that 99.99999% of the messages have been uh, spam, hmm. like com- complete spam, not not personal at all, and uh, and completely off topic. Uh, and not even clear as to yeah. what they what they want. Um, you know, often it'll be saying, "Share this, uh, come to my concert in Liverpool or, or wherever, uh, vote for us," that kind of thing. But um, the way to get a hold of someone is always official site. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how how much engagement are you going to have in the messages if, if there's that much spam? So uh, a lot of artists are going around doing that. Um, 
you know, just messaging, messaging, messaging these music Facebook pages, and it's all to uh, to no avail. So, for anyone listening out there, it's all spam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what is it about us, you know, music marketer or consultant types that seem to attract all these weirdos that want to, you know, work with us, or they say they want to work with us, but I mean, there's absolutely no context provided for what the arrangement's going to be or what they're after, and then maybe they're looking for a record label and you go, that's not what I do. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, you know, another example is uh, sort of posting on the page, you know, either as a comment or um, the uh, post to page uh, feature on Facebook. Um, that is almost 100% spam as well. So it's just, I think musicians would see a lot more results if they just, when they want to contact someone, official site contact form you know yeah and my tip there is always to personalize i've even seen messages from various marketers that maybe want me to share their content or have a look at it and i'm always open to that i love to do that kind of stuff it's just more of a thing of well you know try to address what's in it for me first or at least say hey i loved your latest guide that you published over here uh could you take a look at mine too kind of thing yeah exactly or um, you know, I think also the, uh, the mutual benefit is a good thing to, yeah to frame, you know, if you're, if you're offering, you know, a guest post, um, or some sort of, uh, mutual, mu- mutual promotion, um, you know, uh, stating that, uh, that, you know, you'll be sharing their work in return, uh, you know, something, maybe your social media following, uh, you know, just kind of saying it, it's, it's critical to be clear in your communication. I, I get a lot of emails where, mm. you know, it's clear that they're, uh, they're a musician and they have a link and they would definitely like me to check it out, but there's no, um, there's no clear stating of, of what you want and you'll get so much, so much higher results if you if you're able to just communicate what you want that's a a big thing like in business and in any any aspect of life exactly just kind of stating what the value is up front and then sharing what it is that you're after i agree Yeah. yeah do you have plans of releasing more books in the future uh not at the moment um things are quite busy uh mm. with imp so my day to day is really um, kind of unitasking on on artist campaigns and you know looking at um, looking at new ways to expand uh, the results we get and um, you know be able to deliver more uh, for the artist. So that's that's where most of my research lies. Um, so less time for. For the writing, but um, it could, it could definitely happen. I mean, um, I'm always reading, you know, new music business uh, information. So, yeah. but I think it would have to it would have to revolve around some new central ideas that uh, are not fleshed out yet. So, um, for the moment, I'm you know I'm very happy in my in my day to day, and uh, you know, lately a lot of Besides IMP, it's just about balance. You know, I've uh, had my head down in this business for uh, for years now, and 
you need to also uh, have balance in your life, meditation, exercise, all all that stuff, family. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, it, and I think so often what we fail to do, I guess, is either as kind of freelancers, self-initiators or entrepreneurs is is delegating. We don't leverage the connections we have. We don't hire people. We don't, uh, I guess, assign other tasks to other people that are totally capable of handling them. And then we lose that that balance that is needed if you want to take care of yourself and have health and exercise and uh, and have a family life, then leveraging tools and systems and people is is huge. Yeah, and you know, also there's this ten- tendency to think that you know if you if you don't work all the way through that uh, you know you won't get as much done. But you know, you actually get you get a lot more done when. Uh, when your life is balanced and, you know, work has its place and it shouldn't be the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> work, has, work has its place and, uh, you know, you can approach everything fresh. It's, it's a tricky one and I'm still, I'm still figuring that one out for sure. So why don't we talk a little bit about what independent music promotions does and what it offers artists? Sure. Um, well, I started independent music promotions uh, just first of all, like as an extension of my own my own personal tastes. Uh, so I tend to be into anything that uh, that I can feel, you know, that I that I experience as uh, that's that's the real stuff. So I mean, for me personally, that takes me, uh, you know, I grew up on everything from. Nirvana and the Beatles to Tom Waits, Public Enemy, PJ Harvey. It's just, it's a wide variety. And I've gotten into just about everything since then. Uh, but I, I wanted to uh, start a PR company that was choosy. So um, saying no to, uh, you know, certain genres like, like idol pop and, uh, music that is overly that I see as just straight to radio, um, you know, possibly just for the business side of it. So I thought it would be unique, uh, to have, to have a company in this, in this niche that, uh, you know, isn't the most respected, but, um, do it with, with a kind of DIY spirit. Um, so there's that aspect and, uh, that's, that's how I got the music with depth niche. Um, the other uh, the other thing that I wanted to do was um, have a guaranteed model because you know I found that uh, there's too many artists uh, coming away from PR companies basically uh, getting told, uh, "Sorry, nothing stuck to the wall. You know, we we sent you to all our contacts mm-hmm. and you didn't get covered." And that to me is uh, I don't like that model. Uh, no. I, I don't, I, I think that, um, you know, it's your responsibility if you're in, uh, the promotion field to, you know, to have a sense when you say yes, when you choose an artist, uh, that you have an idea out of your contacts, who's going to really be into them. Uh, and you have a strong idea that they're going to get, uh, coverage. So, 
I don't think there's any excuse for getting no coverage uh, for artists. So, uh, yeah, that's what IMP does. Basically, we're a niche press-based service. Uh, we deliver, uh, you know, reviews, interviews, features in, uh, you know, blogs, magazines, uh, music, and other publications. Um, and we also service uh, internet radio and podcasts. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, we have that DIY mentality. Um, and uh, I take on artists that uh, I do all the, the choosing the artists myself and I run the campaigns and I choose artists that, uh, that I really like. And, uh, you know, I have to like the people as well. Mm. I think referring back to something you said earlier, there isn't enough people doing kind of the music marketing side of things out there. I actually chatted with Derek Sivers, but that was many years ago now. But he's he kind yeah. of you know he kind of hinted at the idea that music marketing or marketing as a service will always be something that's valuable. And I feel like in today's crowded space, that's never been more true. I think so too. It's you know largely because time is extremely valuable. Um, you know, that's the reason why uh, any service, you know, that's the reason why you may uh, pay someone to clean your house or, uh, you know, do your website. Because there's a lot of things that you yeah. you technically could do yourself or you could, you know, spend the time to learn uh, how to do something yourself. But uh, when you're trying to achieve something, outsourcing is critical. Uh and I do it myself, uh, you know, with, for IMP over the years, uh, I, I worked with a professional, uh, SEO, uh, specialist, mm. uh, and that helped greatly, uh, with our web presence. Um, I worked with a Google AdWords professional. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cause basically those, those were things that, that I've since learned quite a bit about, but I mean, it would have, it would have been way too taxing to take, to, to wear every hat. So really that's, I mean, that's where we come in for artists. Uh, you know, the way I see uh, musicians today, I, th I think that they should be at the heart of it, but they should be pulling all the strings. So mm -hmm. everything needs to be covered. If, if you can't cover it yourself, you have to outsource. Mm. I think those are some great tips right there and maybe to alleviate any fears that might exist around hiring or bringing someone on board to do other work. I don't know if any, I don't know if anybody listening would agree, but I find that when I do hire somebody on generally, it's an opportunity to grow the business and to focus on creating more revenue models and that when I do hire somebody, the business actually grows and, and, it, and it's not a huge burden or an expense most of the time. Yeah, I think so, too. And I mean, you know, it's it's really a question of everything's online now. Uh, it tends to be. So, you know, if someone does a good job, like if I'm if I'm going to uh, go to a T-shirt manufacturer for my band. I'm going to do the Google research first, uh, see what uh, the feedback is about them, mm. you know, make, make sure no one's complaining <laughs> that, uh, 
you know, these shirts look horrible or anything like that, right? Um, because everything's so public. And if, if someone's unhappy these days, you can bet they're going online because when you feel, uh, when you feel gypped, you want to ruin that that person or that business, you know, um, everything's very public. So, you know, in deciding, uh, in deciding who to go with for whatever you're looking for, uh, Google has the answers usually. Mm. Yeah. Those are some great tips for finding the right people as well. <laughs> Cause you won't, yeah. you won't always be meeting people in person that do SEO or do PPC ads. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you you definitely want to see what the, uh, what people are saying about them if possible. So I'm bouncing out around a little bit, and it's sort of a funny question because you actually gave me a lot of advice for my book. But what advice would you have for anyone that's writing a book about the music industry today? Uh, I would say, I mean, all perspectives are valuable because they're unique. I think that the only the only reason why, uh, you know, I, I found that a lot of musicians related to my book is because I felt free to just express myself, uh, you know, according to my own experience, you know, philosophically, spiritually, just um, and I my own granted my own opinions and values. Uh, are in that book so not everyone may agree with it but mm. I, I would just say uh, you know let it resonate with you you know don't try to be any other um, any other character it's if people are going to relate to it it's going to be your inner feeling you know um, I guess the other advice would be to finish it <laughs> <laughs> Finish it because uh, once you're finished it, it is so uh, simple to um, to do the rest of the publishing. You know, often we like I have a I have a friend, a close friend of mine, who's uh, going to be publishing a book in the next few months, and he put it off for a couple of years because in his mind he said he didn't know what the next steps were. Mm. He he thought that the editing editing was this huge process and oh how do i get it published and mm, do i have to shop it around and a lot of people might say yeah you know here's the process for getting a publisher all that i told them no just just simplify just self-publish it's very easy you know you can you can get an editor uh, through craigslist check out their work they're professional can they uh can they convert to kindle format all of that easy breezy um so I, I think it's important not to make a mountain out of, uh, you know, the very quick and simple process at the end. Yeah. And to infer, affirm what you're saying, this book for me was, I mean, the first version of it was scrapped entirely. And I started from scratch because I wanted to write something that was true to me. So I totally agree. I think it's important to write something that resonates with you. And I can sort of guess from the many things I've heard about books that your answer to this question is, isn't going to be your book. But what would you say is the most profitable aspect of your business? I would say um, it would be it would it would be the the campaign services themselves. Um, 
That is really, I mean, uh, at first it was the book, um, but, you know, it, as the mm. book gets older, uh, you know, it's selling less and less. Uh, right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's the day-to-day um, of the business, the actual campaigns. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. How do you get positive customer reviews for your book on Amazon? Is it kind of a numbers game or do you have to kind of directly ask your following to go and, and do it? Yeah. Um, I definitely, I definitely, uh, tried to direct, you know, as many people as I could. Um, you know, if, if I get an email from someone who's letting me know, uh, why they appreciated the book, I try not to waste that opportunity and, um, you know, let them know I'd appreciate if, if they took a moment and left an Amazon review because pretty early on I found out, I mean, Amazon's network is pretty incredible. Um, and the way that it's set up, it's, it's a little different than Facebook and Google because Facebook and Google uh, continually change their, uh, their rules. Whereas Amazon, uh, it's one of the few websites and you know sales uh or online stores that the way that they have everything set up actually makes a lot of sense it's really consistent you know people who bought this also bought this um you know like their whole recommendation uh software is is brilliant so uh you know the more the more sales you get and every review that you get really uh, does a lot in establishing you in their network. So, yeah, I definitely tried to push it as much as possible. Yeah, and I guess it's similar with podcast as well, where if you're in iTunes and you get a bunch of reviews, it, it increases your exposure to more people. So I've heard it works pretty similar on Amazon with when you get more customer reviews. Yeah, exactly. You're right about iTunes. Um People want to be where the hive is, you know. So if you, you see a lot of feedback, a lot of five-star reviews, uh, the curiosity comes in right away. Whereas if there's if there's nothing there, it's very it's kind of ironic, but you know, you need people to be there for more people to get there. Yeah. Yeah. In in your experience, what types of content do musicians tend to engage with most? Uh I, I mean, I think that, uh, with whatever you're doing, you tend to be your own customer. So <laughs> like I ended up writing your band as a virus cause I wasn't, I wasn't really pleased with, um, some of the music marketing books out at the time. And yeah. I thought I didn't find them to be actionable enough. There, there was a lot of, uh, stories that I didn't feel were really relevant. Um, so I think musicians tend to really like if there's two things. One is actionable things, uh, something they can do right now. One of the main faults of uh, motivational and entrepreneurial books and uh, that whole genre is that you could read you could read books from you know the most successful businessmen. And really have nothing to show for it as far as an action plan. Whereas if you get actionable advice, 
uh, like if you get, for example, uh, the Facebook advertising technique of, you know, one of the a, a CEO of, of a big business. Now that's something. Then you can you can log in and set that up right away, implement it, and you're 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 moving. So I think actionable things are critical for musicians. You know, if a musician uh, reads an article about say Patreon, and it tells them how to set up the profile and how to get going there, how to how to start promoting it, you know, that's really exciting because they can they can do it now. Uh, the other thing I think musicians value is uh, maybe completely revolutionizing a point of view. Like if there's if they read an article on something that is uh, totally counterintuitive to how they were thinking before, and it gives them a new inspiration, they figure they can act on that too. So at least those are the two things that excite me. Well, I know what you mean. I read a book per week and there's definitely, you know, a percentage of them that are inspiring and possibly even life-changing and cause me to act. And then there's the other type of book, which sort of, it might even be well in, intended, but somehow doesn't really inspire any, any inspiration or action to happen within my life. And that difference can often be subtle, but you want to continue to find those books, I guess, or write content if you're a content creator, the kinds of things that people can immediately take action on, even if it is maybe a huge project or task that they're going to have to undertake. Yeah. I, like I find when I'm reading, you're really, you're scanning for uh, a wake up moment, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's moments where you're reading through, you're reading through, and you come to the conclusion, uh, no, this is this is all this is all kind of filler. Uh, but um, yeah, the goal the goal is the opposite. Yeah. In your experience, what are some good places for music consultants or music marketers to guest post on? Uh, music think tank is mm. uh, is a bit of a nexus the industry and you know a lot of musicians read their articles because uh, just about everybody posts on there and uh, as a result you know they they choose the best material for the main feed on the front page so it tends to be a really valuable mixture of ideas um you know sites like uh sonic bids and bandzoogle uh yeah. They all have their own blogs. Uh, Performer Magazine, um, I've gotten to write for them a few times, and they definitely have some good articles on there. Um, quite a few. Um, there's quite a few uh, really good independent, uh, you know, music industry sites. Um, you know, for musicians out there, they'll normally come under the terms music marketing blog, music promotion blog, um, a lot of great podcasts too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I figured Music Think Tank would probably come up. Uh, I've been thinking about posting there, but I'm going to have to stop thinking about it and actually do it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the music promotion world, so I like to ask, what are some of the biggest things you've learned about music promotion? 
I think I I constantly learn about really the um, the perseverance and resilience it takes to you know continue on your path as as a musician and not be dissuaded. Uh, I see a lot of artists get um, bent out of shape if they're not famous within two weeks or they're not in, you know, in the biggest uh, magazine in the world. And then I've seen artists who are much bigger, much further along, uh, you know, just consistently hardworking. Uh, and they are the humblest and yet they're the most passionate. But um, I, 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 what I see basically is how the inner attitude and the inner passion really is what it's about in this life. Uh, hmm. And it's, it's those kinds of, it's those kinds of people who uh, celebrate every small success and just continue walking on their path. Uh, it's those people who succeed and it's the people who um, hold negative uh, ideas and kind of throw tantrums when something doesn't go right. Those people never do well. Uh, the the other thing I've, uh, I'm really an advocate of is is doing rather than demanding analytics. Um, artists who demand analytics uh, from the starting line, I find they don't do well either because they always find reasons not to act, not to advertise, not to uh, move forward with, you know, whatever the next step uh, for their project is because they can't see that it's a hundred percent chance definitely going to be profitable within 30 days, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's something I really take to heart. Um, I just do. I, I like trying things. I, I like uh, jumping in. That makes a lot of sense to me, sort of having a long-term perspective and being positive. You know, things happen to everybody, and all we have is a choice in how we respond and the attitude we have towards it. So, Yeah, I mean, well, you just said the perfect term, uh, long-term perspective. Mm -hmm. It's it's so important, uh, and it's easy to lose. Like, if, if, you're, if you have a short-term perspective, you're going to be upset all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We've been talking a lot about books. So are there any books you've read recently or in the past that have really impacted your thinking or approach to your career? Uh, well, as far as, you know, in the music, I tend to read a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of books on meditation and spirituality and stuff like that. Uh, mm -hmm. That tends to be a lot of my daily reading but as far as music uh music business books uh, one that i was really impressed by and i do recommend to artists because it has a really nice overview of most aspects of the industry um it's called get more fans the diy guide to the new music business and it's by uh jesse cannon and todd thomas yeah but yeah if you if you look up get more fans on um on amazon it's really good. And, you know, they've worked with these guys have worked with uh, bands like the Dillinger escape plan and, um, 
I just thought it was uh, it was well done. Yeah, that's funny because I actually chatted with Jesse Cannon a couple months back, and <laughs> it makes sense, you know, based on everything that he mentioned. I could see how his philosophy would kind of match with yours as well, and and why you would uh, take to that book. I definitely need to read it too. Yeah, because I mean, I'm always learning too, and um, like I have no, of course, uh, affiliation with Jesse other other than sending him an email to thank him for the book. But um, yeah, I, I like to kind of, I like to pass it on to my musician audience if I find something that's really good because it's kind of rare you find something with the right intentions and, you know, high quality. Yeah. You can also mention maybe one business book or one personal development book that's really, that you've really taken to right now if you'd like. Yeah, um, well, this book is, it's really old at this point, but <laughs> I think to change, uh, like as a potential life changer, um, Timothy Ferris, the four hour work week, mm. that is, that is probably the first, uh, the first book that inspired me to, uh, go it alone, <laughs> to, to work for myself, to, to release a book and to, uh, to work at it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, you try a few things and you fail and then you, you keep on going because, you know, the mindset is, is, uh, no nine to five. I'm going to provide a service. I'm going to create a niche. Um, I'm going to do it myself. So, um, you know, the four hour work week is really, it's more important now as, uh, a complete attitude shifter than anything else, but I, mm. I'd have to recommend it. Awesome. I've heard so much about it. Haven't read it yet. I'll definitely need to, I think it's on my, all my list. So yeah. I'll look into that. And I guess to wrap up this interview, I want to ask a few business questions. You know, unfortunately we could probably talk for, talk about business for hours because yeah. <laughs> everybody kind of <laughs> has set up differently. You know, there's unique aspects to business that, you know, we couldn't probably distill into 10, 20 minutes. But yeah. what, one question I have for you now is, you know, how do you see your role? Uh, you're obviously a CEO, but some CEOs or founders kind of see the role as marketing. And But depending on how the business is structured, they might see it as the product too. So what does yours look like? Uh, as far as, sorry, could you repeat the last part there? Sure. I was just saying that some business owners kind of see their primary role as marketing, right? So yeah. if as an owner, like they go, okay, my number one thing is to make sure that we get more clients and that's my focus. Whereas yeah. depending on how the business is set up, some business owners view the product as their primary responsibility because maybe that product is tied to how they market it or, or the ecosystem of the business itself. Yeah. Um, as far as, as far as my role, um, my main job is to, uh, is to make sure that all, every single campaign, uh, gets the attention it deserves. And I put myself in the, in the client's, uh, shoes so I have certain standards of, uh, you know, of what they need to uh, receive mm. in a campaign. So um, that's really my, my job is uh, working with good people and making sure that they get, uh, you know, that they get the resume boost 
the press boost that, you know, that, uh, that I promise, uh, on the site. And so that's, that's the main role. Um, and as far as, uh, as far as information, uh, you know, our articles on the site, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, having chats like this, it's, uh, basically just as, just to be honest, you know, just to be honest about what I know, what I don't know, uh, what I feel works. So, um, providing value in, in both those roles. That's, uh, that's, that's the only thing that can make me sort of, uh, once I finish my work day, all right, I feel good about it. And I can, I can put that in its proper place rather than, you know, have lingering worries or anything like that. Yeah, and I guess that's probably partly where the distribution of responsibilities goes, right? It's just the the infrastructure of your business, to use a kind of a big word, but it's really just about how is it set up, right? What are, what are the people, what are their roles, and how do they uh, execute on a daily basis kind of thing? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that, that's why, uh, you know, I I manage every campaign myself because I... I wouldn't really want to hand it over, uh, or at least, at least at this point, um, I work with, uh, work with many people quite closely, you know, bloggers and journalists and, um, and, uh, you know, press release writers and, and so forth. But, um, yeah, I prefer to, I prefer to, uh, you know, to run everything myself. Mm. Yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have your finger on the pulse of the work that you're trying to do for your for your clients, right? Because you care about the outcome. So I can certainly appreciate that. Well, is there anything you'd like to plug and where can we connect with you online? Uh, you can get uh, through to me through independentmusicpromotions.com. Uh, that's the best place to, I mean, Artists will find hundreds of music marketing uh, articles. Um, we have some great writers on the site, and uh, it's also the best place to find out about what we do and get a hold of me. Um, yeah, and that's mainly what I'm what I'm doing these days. So awesome! Well, thank you so much for your transparency and generosity in sharing all this information with us. It's definitely been quite juicy. <laughs> well, Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thanks. Hope to chat again soon. Yeah, you too. Thanks for listening. Make sure to go to musicentrepreneurbook.com for show notes and other goodies. And leave a review in iTunes to help us spread the word. 